Thanks for joining us for the second episode of Forest Dwellers Disco. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Ian Fern, who is a local publican in Upway. He runs the Fat Goat, for those of you who have not had the pleasure. A little bit of background on Ian. He was from the UK originally. He was born in Winchester on the south coast of England and grew up in a little town called Netley Abbey. Uh, he comes from a pretty working class family. His mum was a physiotherapist and his dad a barber. Has an older sister who studied acting and is a drama teacher. He actually started his career by studying IT and went into software. Around about 2003, he came to Australia and met his beautiful wife, Helena, in Perth. And they are now married and living here in the Dandenongs, uh, just on the cusp of Bale, Grave and Selby. Um, he has the pleasure, he says, of being lucky enough to join together a passion and work whilst being embedded in this amazing hills community. I hope you enjoy this trip down Music Lane with Ian Fern of The Fat Goat. Welcome Ian Fern to a very second episode of Forest Dwellers Disco where we get to talk about music uh, and how it's affected your life and the musical journey that you've taken. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you. Um, and how are you going in this period of isolation? It's actually, um, I'm really enjoying it to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, 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 um, yeah, I work in an environment where it's quite unsociable hours. Um, but because because that's kind of slowed, I guess I've had a lot more time to appreciate. Because I'd lived lived in the hills for a number of years before I started doing what I do now. Um, yeah. But but this whole period has really allowed me to appreciate it a lot more. I spent a lot more time with my wife. You know, we're cooking cooking dinners together again, <laughs> getting in at a reasonable hour. Um, so I've I've actually really enjoyed it. I know obviously there's a lot of people that have had a lot of hard times. So. It's not been a pleasant time for a lot of people, but um, yeah, from a personal perspective, it's been quite nice to sort of, uh, you know, take a step back a bit and, and slow yeah. down. Um, so, well, let's get to the musical portion <laughs> of the interview. Um, did you grow up in a musical family, Ian? I I didn't actually. Um, none of us. I, I'm, I'm from a, a uh, quite a large extended family i've got lots of aunties uncles cousins or what have you but my immediate family is just myself my sister and uh, my mum and dad and none of us can um play instruments or anything um but music's always been a, a quite a, a big part of our lives i guess I, I was sort of thinking about it that my musical family probably started a bit later in in my life rather than my immediate family more sort of friends um and, and their influences on me i guess and i'll probably class them as my sort of inverted commas music family and and the stuff that we listened to growing up um but yeah like from my immediate family we that that i, I grew up in the uk um but a lot a, a big side of like on my mum's side they all, they're all from the midlands from birmingham mm. and uh, uh there was quite a, a motown sort of Tamla Motown um, 
feel to the whole place. There was that that was quite big at parties, and there, there was a lot of reggae and and dub and stuff like that. So yeah, I think yeah, and and, and like UV forty, simply red, and it really wasn't my jam, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it would have definitely had an influence on me. I think my I was trying to think what what it was about music that I love, and I think. But through a lot of my music, there's a, there's bass is probably um, at the core there. Like that, I, I I really like sort of um, if ever I could play an instrument, I think it would be a double bass. Like I think that would be something that I'd love to learn to to play. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I think. So I think yeah. Music has played a role in your life, but not necessarily been nurtured by your family per se. No, I don't think so. Like there was always records in the house, but yeah, I think it was more growing up. It was definitely um, stuff that I'd listen to with my friends at the the local recreational park, or or um, yeah, I used to I used to have my bed, and it was a tiny, tiny bedroom. Uh, the, the the full width of the, the 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 room was consumed by the bed. But I used to hang my my feet out the window and lay on my back, um, and yeah, listen to to my 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 stereo ridiculously loud <laughs> i grew up in a tiny little village you know I, oh, yeah, I, guess, I, I felt like the whole village needed to hear some of the stuff that i was playing <laughs> so one of the kind of songs that you've chosen is perfect for that description so what was the first song slash record that made you go out and buy it with your own money <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think that's um, one of the good things about music because when when you uh, you you sort of broach me on this whole topic, um, it kind of almost takes you back to that point as well. Yeah. Um, and the biggest one, the one that is not really a song per se, it was more an album, but yeah, it was Pearl Jam versus. Oh, and I, I can remember getting the yeah, you know, I can remember getting the 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 bus back and. Um, it was a uh, uh, one of my friends from school. It was her older sister in front of me, and she was like questioning what on earth was on the the front cover, what type of animal it was. Yeah, my favourite song from the album was Rats. Rats, um, beautiful. So, yeah, so and why I, particularly Rats? I jumped on Wikipedia actually to have a quick look at the album, and there were two two songs. I loved and it was rats and then the last track I can't even remember the name of it but it was in the in the track listing it was a one of the members from the band it was him that done both those songs and he didn't do any of the other songs so I'm guessing maybe it was his sounds that I was drawn to um, okay. yeah it's a, it's a really interesting album even in the Seattle sound like it really you know it's their second album and it really sort of cemented Eddie Vedder as this huge presence in the Seattle scene. So let's have a listen. This is Pearl Jam's Rats. They don't eat, don't sleep, they don't feed, they don't see. They're the gums when they moan and squeak, lick the dirt off a larger one's feet. They don't push, don't crowd, congregate until they're much too loud. Fuck to poke till they 
There's an anthem that brings back memories. So how do you make the leap from this 90s grunge to the next song that we're going to listen to? I kind of swiftly moved from that sort of that grungy kind of sound into into hip hop. And I, I think the reason that that kind of happened um, was was pretty much the environment I grew up in. Like it was I was getting a bit rebellious, I guess, as I headed into my sort of mid teens. Um, and yeah, it was it was such a small village. I think that that's kind of aesthetic, um, you know, like when you saw the the music videos and things of the high rise buildings and that sort of dirtier, sort of edgier side to life. I think it, it, it attracted me quite a bit. Um, mm. And yeah, and so I really got into hip hop quite a bit. Um, and yeah, and I think uh, yeah, sort of the whole notorious B.I.G. and sort of Tupac and all that kind of yeah. sound. Um, well, it's yeah. like they are the kind of the perfect teenage anthem yeah, as yeah. well because they're just so, I don't know, there's that whole thing of they're raging against the machine of being yeah. an African-American in such an awful time. Like, you know, the 80s and the 90s for African-American people was some of the most hideous kind of, they had the crack outbreak they were mm. still treated really poorly that was when prisons got privatized so there was a whole a lot of more people going to jail for really small offenses there was the war on drugs thanks to the reagans like you know i was actually looking at the lyrics to the song that you've chosen thinking yeah, yeah. i can see how this is a teenage anthem because yeah. <laughs> i was quite naive to that whole side to be honest it was more the the music i was drawn to Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I didn't really appreciate all that crime. It almost didn't seem real, seem real to me because I, I lived in such a picturesque little village. That, mm. So, yeah, so I, I was quite naive to that, that the, the content of the song. Um, but yeah, I really, I was really drawn to that sort of, that, the sound. Um, but oh. I actually, think, as, I, as I've grown older, I actually think it was probably jazz because I, I absolutely love jazz. I listen to a lot of jazz now. A lot of those songs that I was listening to in that period would have just been quite quite a lot of it would have been sampled from old jazz records. So um, I think maybe that was probably where I, I my my love for hip hop sort of stems from. Yeah, totally. Alrighty. Well, we might just jump straight into that song. So we're going to listen to Notorious Big from the Ready to Die album. Give me the loot. Give me the loot comes with an explicit language warning. Yeah, motherfuckers better know. I'm a bad <laughs> Lock your windows, close your doors, get your smalls. Huh. Yeah. I'm a bad My man Imp left a tech and a nine at my crib. Turned himself in, he had to do a bid. A one to three, he be home the end of 93. I'm ready to get this paper, G. You with me? Motherfucking right. My pockets looking kind of tight. And I'm stressed. Yo, Biggie, let me get the vest. No need for that. Just grab the fucking gap. The first pocket that's fat, the tech is to his back. Word is born, I'ma smoke him. Yo, don't fake no moves. What? Treat it like boxing. Stick and move. Stick and Nigga, move. you ain't got to explain shit. I've been robbing motherfuckers since the slave ship. With the same clip and the same 4-5. Two point blank, a motherfucker sure to die. That's my word. Nigga even try to go guard. Have his mother say. 
singing it so hard. Yes, love, love your fucking attitude. Because the nigga play pussy, that's the nigga that's getting screwed and bruised up. From the pistol whipping, webs on the neck from the necklace stripping. Then I'm dipping up the block and I'm robbing bitches too. Up the heron bones and bamboos. I wouldn't give a fuck if you're in here. Give me the baby rings and the number one mom pendant. Huh. I'm slamming niggas like Shaquille. Shit is real. When it's time to eat a meal, I rob and steal. Cause mom Duke ain't giving me shit. So for the bread and butter, I leave niggas in the gutter. Huh. Word the mother, I'm dangerous. Crazier than a bag of fucking angel dust. When I bust my gap, motherfuckers take dirt naps. I'm all that and a dime sack. Where the paper at? When he's sticking you and taking all your money. Give me the loot, give me the loot. Let me do that. Just get the fucking car keys and cruise up the block. The bitch act shot, getting shot on the spot. Oh shit, the cops! Be cool, fool. They ain't gonna roll up. All they want is fucking donuts. So why the fuck he keep looking? I guess to get his life cooking. I just came home, ain't trying to see Central booking. Oh shit, now he looking in my face. You better haul ass, cause I ain't with no fucking chase. So lace up your boots, cause I'm about to shoot a true motherfucker going out for the loot. Yeah. Um, 
I could imagine, but I've seen quite a lot of documentaries on, on, on that sort of era and pretty um, nasty characters. Oh, totally. Well, and I, that was the, always what they talked about with Biggie Smalls was that he was actually a gangster. Like, yeah. of all of them, he what he's thinking about is his real-life experience. Yeah. He was out there on the street selling drugs and he was out there, you know, and it was to feed his family and it was really that. He was living the life he was singing about and that's what made him so authentic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next question is a, a song that transports you to a happy time, a revelatory time, an amazing time in your life. Um, yeah, tell us about the song that you've chosen. Yes, so um, it, that that would be really tough because that, that period in my life was consumed by a lot of music. Um, and mm. the reason I've chosen this particular song is is for a particular reason. But um, yeah, I, I essentially I, I went I went to university and, and studied, um, but that part of the part of the course um, you had to go and work for a year, and um, a lot of my mates actually went and studied in in Bristol, which is in the in the West Country, and um, I was lucky enough to get uh, a year's placement uh, a company in Bristol, so I went I was actually there for a year and a half. Um, so you kind of do like a, a, a gap year, you, you work in the industry and you go back and finish your degree off. But that whole period in Bristol was very sort of music. There was a lot of focus on music. We even, um, we started, um, it was called Controlled Conditions. It was like a small collective um, and it was just myself and my mates. And we, we were sort of booking bands and, and, and we were playing gigs at a place called The Thecla, which is like a, it's a huge uh, ship on in a dry dock. It's permanently there, but it's turned into a nightclub, I guess, a venue, a live music venue. Um, and yeah, we used to DJ there um, and then have like a, a main performance. And there was all sorts of, so the whole, the whole purpose of controlled conditions, it, our, our strap line was uh, pigeon, pigeon holes are for pigeons. Uh, like you might have like a drum and bass act and then, um, I don't know, some hip hop, and then it could be a bit of jazz. It could be some messy noise act, uh, like ambient electronic. So it was just like when you came to one of our nights, it wasn't just sort of like one particular genre. It was, it was like a big mix. It was definitely our most popular and, and, and best night and most memorable night was um, when a Brazilian artist called Amon Tobin came over. It was pretty interesting because like mm -hmm. up until that point, um, we'd been dealing quite low-key. Well, not low-key, there were some pretty big artists, but they were like turning up. They'd been driving around Europe in a van and, and were like us, essentially, students pretty much. <laughs> but then Amon Tobin turned up and he had his own entourage and we had to go and get all this particular ride. Like we had this big, long rider. We'd never dealt with riders before. Wow. I put him up in a hotel and it was like almost like another another level to where we where we'd been but it was real success like we did really well and it was a cracking night he finished his set um because it was predominantly a dj set but he played he played live and he was doing like live instrumentation over the top of his songs but then he finished and then john my friend john and i we went on and dj'd after but the place was absolutely packed from like the, the DJ booth right to the, you couldn't even see. Um, it was, it was heaving. And I think people still thought he was still on, <laughs> but it was, it was us <laughs> playing, you know, like Apex 2 and 
stuff like that. But um, yeah, like with the, the, it was probably my only time that I've ever felt like you know that that sort of how an artist would feel on stage because normally you're playing in, you know people leave when I put any of my music <laughs> on so it's uh, yeah so it was really good so yeah so I, I chose Amon Tobin because it kind of tra- whenever I hear his music it always transports me back to that night which was quite, yeah. quite special. Well, so this one is like another departure of sound as well. So he's like we've gone from you know nineties grunge to yeah. some pretty hardcore ghetto hip-hop. Yeah. And now we're going to enter sort of, I guess, a much more experimental electronica, yeah? Yeah, I think big chunk of my time in Bristol, because there, there was, um, Bristol was sort of renowned for like Ronnie Size and Portishead and that kind of sound. But when I was there, it was very experimental, electronic sort of um, acts were, were popping up. Um, and it really influenced a lot of the stuff I was listening to at the time. Yeah. All right, so this is Golfer versus Boxer, Amon yep. Tobin.
have actually never heard of him before and I was really went and read his bio and I actually listened to a fair bit and I was totally blown away with um it reminded me of Shinjuku Thief okay yeah that kind of and all my I don't know that I want to say kind of like a German industrial sound but then you've got that whole kind of the rhythms that are very South American yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I enjoyed that. So thank you for introducing me to, yeah. <laughs> to some new music. Yeah. Uh, um, and so the last question of the day is to imagine yourself haha, in isolation yeah. <laughs> and the NBN is not working because you live in the hills. If I were to spin the laptop round, yeah. um, he's reversing, the NBN van is reversing along the road right now. <laughs> Hopefully you don't cut out while that's happening. <laughs> that's I'm tethering off of my uh, phone, actually, which is a lot, I think it's going to be a lot stronger than the, that MBN. Install. Oh, good. Oh, that's handy. Um, so, yes, what is your, what is the song that if you could only listen to one song on repeat, what would you listen to it and why? Yeah, so I think um, actually it'd be a collection of three albums. The particular song I chose was was my favorite across the three actually there's a couple but yeah it was a tough choice but um it's an artist called Jim O'Rourke I think uh, yeah a little bit off of the back of the whole Bristol experience was uh, getting into sort of experimental noise and, and um like quite quite harsh electronic sound uh, and and that that sort of led me on to to Jim O'Rourke because um, he produces quite quite abstract sort of songs, but there was a period, um, and it was actually when he was he was working for Drag City record label. But I, I was a bit late to the party. I, I was more into Domino Records, and and I think they were like a sister UK sister label to Drag City, or they certainly got a lot of Drag City artists on their roster. I mean, there were there were three albums actually it was two albums and an EP that he released um, and it for some reason it really resonated with me as uh, Eureka Insignificance and then uh, halfway to a three three-way EP he did and it was nothing like anything that um, he'd produced the way I sort of kind of would describe it would be like Dave, a David Lynch collection of films which are completely out there all over the place don't really understand what's going on <laughs> and then and then the straights and watching that that bit how I compare it i totally get that comparison let's have a listen here is jim o'rourke playing memory lame
Those things could kill you, but so could your face.
the fat goat is alive and kicking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's 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 not easy. Um, we we were we were quite lucky because because I've got that sort of um, English background. I was, I was on the on the sort of phone to mum and dad quite a bit and they, they seem to be about two or three weeks ahead of of where we were in Australia at the time and like I, I didn't really see it as as um serious as it as it was but luckily Helena my wife Helena she was like this is this is pretty bad <laughs> and mm. and we started um and, and and Helena worked at Monash as well and that they were they seemed to be a bit of ahead of everyone in terms of what they were what they were doing so Helena could see from from work they were really changing things quite quickly, quite early on, and so we were we were actually pretty quick. We 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 built a website. Essentially, we changed from a pub into an e-commerce website, um, and but we'd been doing that for two or three weeks before the the Sunday we were told you had to close. So we were pretty well placed to just flick the switch and go live. Um, wow. Lucky, really, and then and then we've been doing that for eight weeks now, and it, it started off really well, like um, the, it was very well received. Um, but it's kind of plateaued a bit now. Um, I think people are sort of craving to get out, and and the whole sort of delivery model has kind yeah. of stagnated a bit um, with with people wanting to get out and about and go and yeah. experience uh, normal life again. So. You yeah, should have yeah. a service where you'll um, like bring out a bar, like you'll deliver the fat goat as well. So you'll go and like, I'll stand there and have a drink with you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. All right, Ian. Well, thank you so much. That's uh, our wrap for today. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thanks a lot for the opportunity. It's been great. Yeah, Cheers. fantastic. All right, and we'll see you in real life really soon. Absolutely. All, All right. right, take care. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe. More episodes coming up very soon.